and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Hello, COS supporters, and welcome back to another edition of COS Live. My name is Andrew Lush. I'm going to be your host, and I am joined, of course, by my co-host, Rita Peters, who is also the Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs. Rita, it is a pleasure to be with you again. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's great to be back with you for another program, Andrew. And, you know, we spend a lot of time telling people who we are. We would like to know about the people who are watching this program right now, right? So if you're out there watching, drop a comment. Tell us who you are, where you're tuning in from. We love to know that we are having impact and people are actually tuning in and watching. Absolutely. And please, while you're at it, make sure that you share this COS Live out with your audience. We're on Facebook, uh, Rumble, or Twitter, wherever you're tuning in from, make sure that you're sharing so that we can help grow the, sh the show and so that we can bring more people into the Convention of States movement. So this week, we are going to be talking with uh, COS co-founder and President Mark Meckler. We're going to be recapping the How Many More rally that happened April 29th, and it was a rally to bring attention to the travesty that is happening at the southern border, uh, talking about the illegal drugs that are pouring across the border, the crime, the murder, the just human carnage that is happening there. Mark is going to be telling us about that event and how it went. We have also a video that was put on, a few videos that was put on by our COS Grassroots. We'll be covering that in just a few moments. And of course, we have our Article 5 trivia giveaway with none other than Mike Ruthenberg. So first, we're going to go to that. Mike, over to you. Thank you, Andrew. It is great to be here. I'm super excited for this show because the topic is so important and virtually everybody cares about what's going on with our border and our sovereignty as a nation. And I can't wait to hear what you have going. But my role is to keep you guys sharp on all the Convention of States wisdom that you need in order to be a really great uh, activist, a great volunteer, a great leader in COS. Thanks for being here. And I'm really excited to give away my favorite shirt, the Defiant shirt. Of course, the new one, this is a prototype. The new one has COS and American flag on the sleeves, but I've worn this one pretty much every time it's clean because it's one of my favorite shirts. And if you ask Tanya, my wife, she'll tell you that I sometimes match the title that I wear proudly across my chest. So if you want one, sharpen up, because I think there's a lot of people that could win this shirt. I think a lot of you know the answer to the question that I'm going to be asking today. I also know that if for whatever reason, either this isn't your favorite shirt, even if you win it, and you do have a favorite shirt, just go to shopconventionestates.com. You can get anyone you want. And if you really don't like this one, you can tell Tanya or producer G, and they might even swap out your shirt for you. How about that for service? Anyway, here's our first question, or our only question for today, as far as our trivia goes. Now, since our application, our Article 5 application is a resolution and not a bill, I got a multiple choice question for you. Who is not required to sign this thing or to pass this thing or basically approve this resolution in order for it to take effect. The first one, the upper chamber of the legislature, two or B, 
the lower chamber of the resolution or C, the governor. There's your question. Those are all players in the legislative process that I know you guys know and love, but which one is not required to have approval? A, B, or C, the upper chamber, the lower chamber, or the governor? I'll be back later in the show to reveal the answer and we'll see who wins that shirt. I can't wait to see the show and I can't wait to get back to you guys. See you soon. Back to you, Andrew. Thanks, Mike. Well, before we go to our interview, let's see some history being made. Here's a new video put together by the COS Pennsylvania team. They had a huge group of volunteers show up for their surge day, and they put together this inspiring video. Check it out. sends a signal to our representatives that we are serious about this subject matter. Face-to-face -face is the best way to communicate. We believe it is the last peaceful effort to help turn this ship around. I believe it was providential that our framers were given this inspiration to include it in our Constitution from the beginning. But a lot of these, the, the staff that works for the, the Democrats, they're very disempowered. They, yeah. they think that they're not part of the solution. They think that they have no say. That's what I noticed in several offices. Well, first of all, I love the patriotic music that always gets my spirits up saying that. And then the second thing, I think the larger thing was the number of people that were there. How many people showed up to go talk to their legislators to rally in support of Article 5 and our Convention of States resolution? It was just great to see that. I, I love seeing all of the people because, you know, these are our grassroots. These are average Americans who care and they want to save the country. Because, you know, you don't have to look too far to see that we're in dire need of serious change in Washington. And we're just not getting that by electing people. And so having the grassroots go to the state legislature there in Pennsylvania, it's so inspiring. And it brings me hope to know that the grassroots are going to be the people who get this thing done. Yeah, that was really incredible. They 
obviously had a great crowd there in Harrisburg. And I love seeing Senator Rick Santorum there. Of course, those are his old stomping grounds. He has incredible influence and impact there. So that was awesome. But Andrew, I know there have also been rallies in the past week in Ohio, Louisiana, California, Arizona, and Nevada. And didn't you participate in the Nevada Surge Day? Tell us about that. Yes, I did. It was very exciting. Got to go join the Nevada team. Uh, Rick Santorum was there as well. So it was a, a delight to have the senator there with us going into the Capitol. He met with several legislators. And every, anytime uh, Senator Rick Santorum is there, it's just there's something that's going on. He just he just lifts up the group. He has such a, a inspiring personality. And so it was great to have him there. It was great to be with the team. We had several people show up, not quite as many as Pennsylvania. That team has really put in some, some, a lot of work, but it yeah. was still a great event. We got to hear from Senator Santorum and others. And you know what, Rita? We might even have an endorsement that will be coming in the near future. So our audience might get to hear about that in Nevada. I'd like to hear any other comments before we get to our, our, our guest for today. Any other comments on Pennsylvania and just where we're at in that state? I just want people who saw that video to be inspired and encouraged. We need you, whatever state you're in, to be part of this movement. So go to conventionofstates.com and click on the Take Action tab to get involved. We do have a Convention of States resolution pending in the state of Pennsylvania. So we're playing the long game there right now. They have a two-year session, so we have some time. But I'm hoping to see some movement, some committee hearings and that in the weeks and months to come, Andrew. All right. And with that, let's bring on our guest for today, none other than Mark Meckler, our COS president. All right, Rita, we have today joining us Mark Meckler, who is the president of Convention of States. He's also our Grand Poobah, although he is not adorning the Grand Poobah hat. Mark, <laughs> it's great to see you. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we'd like to jump right into the conversation about sure. the How Many More rally because uh, it was a huge event. Uh, it was really electrifying for many people. It was Saturday, April 29th when it occurred. Uh, and it was a very exciting day. And leading up to the event, you had several media hits. You were on Tucker Carlson's last show. Of course, we didn't find out about that until Monday. Uh, you were on um, Newsmax several times. You were on other platforms promoting the, the How Many More rally in Texas. And the part of the strategy is to put pressure on the Texas legislature uh, to get very specific, um, uh, uh, very specific laws to address the border crisis. Right. So, can you tell our viewers who maybe didn't get a chance to catch it what that event was like? Yeah, I mean, first I, I want to acknowledge what you said about the media stuff. That's probably the most media I've ever done in a single week. Uh, it was pretty weird in hindsight to be on Tucker Carlson's last show. That was a Friday night show. It was an odd, you know, we didn't know, obviously. It was just a normal show. We were talking about the How Many More rally and the situation on the border. Unfortunately, post that show, now every other host says when I come on their show, now I'm not going to get canceled if you come on my show, am I? <laughs> so I think I'm going to carry the stigma of Tucker Carlson's cancellation with me. Uh, I have actually been in communication with Tucker for those that are concerned about his welfare. I can tell you. He's actually just, he's really enjoying time with his family, being able to hang out with his wife. I think the first thing he said to any journalist was, they said, what are you doing next? And he said, appetizers and then dinner. <laughs> because he hasn't <laughs> been able to have a weeknight dinner with his wife in years, literally, because of the show. And so 
he's kind of living a, a more normal life. And meanwhile, obviously looking to find out what his next step is legally and, and also from the idea of being back on the air. He's not gone. I just want you all to know I've been communicating with him. He's doing very well. He's happy. He's not stressed out. He knows God has a plan. He's a person of faith. So um, it wasn't my fault, first of all. And number two, Tucker's doing okay. Uh, lots of other media, Real America's Voice, OAN, Newsmax, as you discussed, and a lot more radio shows all over the country in preparation for the How Many More rally. And the actual point of the rally was the fact that we know as Americans that the federal government is not going to do anything about what's going on at the border. In fact, it seems like they're complicit in what's going on at the border. We here in Texas, where I live, are taking the brunt of it, the worst of it coming across the border, but it's also going on all over the country. If you live in a decent sized town anywhere, then you're experiencing this. And so the point of the rally was one, draw attention to the problem. I mean, I am somebody who feels like I'm pretty well informed. I watch a lot of news. I was pretty well informed on the border. I had no idea. I mean, I literally had no idea what was going on. For the rally, we actually had to put up disclaimers at the beginning of the rally. I had to warn people. We were going to show images of what was actually happening down on the border. And they were grotesque and gruesome and horrible. And we're talking mutilated bodies, decapitated bodies, uh, people who had been hung, bodies just left out, people left out to die, bloated bodies in the sun. This is horrible. And we showed these things not because we wanted to create some kind of trauma effect on people. It's just that we want people to know the reality. This stuff is going on. One of the ranchers we worked with, Dr. Vickers, he and his team have found on the ranches he works with over 800 bodies this year. Wow. So the human carnage is extraordinary. So the goal of the rally was show the American people what's actually happening. There's a war, an actual open war going on on our southern border. The Mexican cartels control both sides of the border. It's really bad. And we wanted people to see that and then do what any human being would do, which is say that we have to do something about that. So we wanted to show them. We wanted to hear from parents who've lost kids to fentanyl wives who've lost husbands, husbands who've lost wives, grandparents who've lost grandchildren, 70,000 die a year of fentanyl poisoning in the United States. That's just fentanyl, by the way. That doesn't count all the other illicit drugs that come across the border from Mexico. We wanted people to hear about the most horrific thing going on in the United States since the Civil War, slavery. There's slavery in the United States, and we call it sex trafficking or human trafficking. I don't like those terms because I think that sanitizes what's going on. This is actual, just a full-blown slave trade taking place in the United yeah. States of America. Some of it sexual, some of it labor, but it is slavery going on. We wanted people to know the reality, and then we wanted to push for specific change. Hmm. Mark, I'm so glad that you were involved in bringing attention to this. It's so important. I want to talk about the government's role in this for a minute because it's so hard to understand if you just look at it kind of, you know, objectively. We see the federal government today involved in almost every aspect of our lives. It's, you know, it controls public education in the states in our local communities that you know, regulate small businesses that, you know, tells us what kind of products we can, we can buy. It's intimately involved with healthcare and healthcare insurance. 
And those are not things that our Constitution empowers the federal government to do, but our Constitution does give the federal government a duty to secure our borders, and yet it's just not doing it, right? It's just for decades, it's just not doing its job of securing the border. So is it up to the states now to step in? Is that where we are and what can the states do? Yeah, I think this is a decades long bipartisan problem. Uh, we've not had a Republican or Democrat administration do everything they can do to secure the border. I have to say with all due respect that Trump did the best that he could under the circumstances. There's more that could have been done, uh, but he had a lot of opposition, but he did more than anybody's done in recent times, but he still didn't secure the border. And so if Republicans aren't gonna do it, if Democrats aren't gonna do it in DC, then the question is can and should the states do it? And the answer is yes. And what's going on at our Southern border is a travesty. It's a humanitarian crisis. It's a national security crisis. And so the question becomes, where's the authority come from for the states to step in? Article one, section 10, subsection three of the United States Constitution, what's commonly referred to as the invasion clause, gives us the right as states to repel an invasion. Texas has a similar provision in its constitution. <coughs> Excuse me, I think it's important to note, there's a long history of this. When the country was founded, there was no border patrol and there was no federal military with a reach that they would be able to secure our borders. So states on the frontier, frontier did it themselves. They did it in regard to American Indians that they were struggling with. They did it in regard to Mexico. Anytime there was an incursion, sometimes it was Mexican bandits. They repelled that invasion at the state level. Sometimes they asked for reimbursement from the federal government. We have records of that in Texas. So we have the right to repel the invasion. The Texas governor has declared an invasion. Texas has the largest contiguous border with Mexico of any state over 13 or just about 1300 miles. And so now it's time to actually do that and repel the invasion. Uh, and Andrew, you asked a question, specific legislation. There's something called HB 20, House Bill 20, that has now come out of committee. It's expected to be on the House floor this week for debate. And then over to the Senate, I pray that we have enough time before the end of May to get it through our legislature. That would create a border protection unit. The legislature would declare an invasion and they would be specifically authorized, empowered, and funded to repel the invasion. Mark, I wanna ask you about just something you just said a moment ago. You talked about Governor Greg Abbott and how he declared an invasion. He's, he's made many public statements about the border and like you said, the humanitarian crisis, it being a travesty and, and all of the terrible things that we are seeing. Uh, is that enough though? Or is there more that uh, Governor Abbott can do? Oh no, I think Governor Abbott could do a lot more and I hope he does. We want him to be a hero right now. I'm very disappointed. He has created what's called Operation Lone Star, and that's allowed our law enforcement to engage at the border. And that's been some help, but I would argue it's like putting a tiny Band-Aid on an arterial bleed, and the state's bleeding out, and it's not anywhere near enough. Everybody's overwhelmed. He could uh, uh, declare that the terrorist organizations or the cartels are terrorist organizations. He could begin seizure of their assets that are in Texas, and there are a lot of them in Texas. It would allow him to treat anybody arrested for working with the cartels as transnational terrorists. And that is what should be done. And then he could be out there stumping for HB 20, creating the border protection unit. And he's not been, and I'm really disappointed and frustrated about this right now. If Governor Abbott really wanted HB 20 and wanted the border protection unit, by the way, it would be under his control. He would appoint the, the new chief of this border protection unit 
if he really wanted it, he'd be out there speaking in the media in favor of it, stumping for it. He'd have showed up at our rally to talk about it. We would have welcomed him there. He didn't show up. He hasn't put out a press release on it. He hasn't held a press conference on it. So right now, I'm very disappointed in the way Governor Abbott's behaving. And I would argue that in Texas, 90% of this crisis at this point can be blamed on our governor. Hmm. Well, Mark, you are teaching us a lot about all of this. And I want to go back for a minute to the how many more rally events specifically. It wasn't just limited to a convention of states action event, although we were one of the sponsors for it. Why was this so important to us as an organization and how does it line up with our long-term mission at Convention of States Action? Yeah, I think this is important and I think sometimes uh, people limit us too much in their perspective on us and they get confused about what we're about. And we're called Convention of States, so obviously we are about calling an Article 5 Convention of States. That's really important. But calling for a Convention of States is an expression of self-governance. Because what we say when we call for an Article 5 Convention of States is we, the people out here in the states, have the right to call a convention as states gather and limit the power of the federal government. That's the ultimate act of federalism or the ultimate act of self-governance. And the broad overarching mission of Convention of States is to create the largest self-governing grassroots army in American history for the purpose of restoring self-governance in America. And so when you look at the border and you say the federal government is no longer securing the border, which is its obligation under the United States Constitution, and they're failing in that obligation, well, then it falls to us as the people who we say we're self-governing, right? We're not just going to say, woe is us, and the federal government won't fix our problems, so there's nothing we can do. And I'd like to describe America as a DIY nation, right? We do it ourselves. If the federal yeah. government's not going to fix a problem, that's their responsibility, well, we're not going to sit around and cry about it. We're going to fix that problem ourselves. So I think this falls right into our core mission of teaching people what it means to be self-governing. So when the federal government won't do it, and when we see that the Texas government isn't doing enough, we the people are going to step in and we're going to demand the action that it takes to secure our borders. Hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, so I, I want to ask you, you know, because the, the rally already took place. It was on... April 29th, the, the rally was uh, was huge. It brought a lot of attention to the issue, and then it, it stopped. What, what can our viewers who are tuning in, who, are, who, are, who live in Texas, what can they do to continue the how many more movement? What can they do to help finish the job, to bring more awareness to this, to help legislation get passed? What can they do uh, in the coming weeks, months, and years? So right now, immediately, they can call their state representative and tell them to pass HB 20. That's going to the floor this week. There, I imagine it's going to be a very contentious debate in the House. Uh, people are, the Democrats are claiming it, it creates vigilantism in Texas. Anybody's going to be out, able to go out with their firearm and, and do whatever they want to do. It's not the case at all. It creates an official border protection unit. And so we're going to have to push back against that narrative. We're going to have to call our legislators and demand that they pass HB 20. I would also say that they should call their senators and demand that their senators be ready to take action. HB 20, if it passes out of the House, will immediately move over to the Senate. There's no companion measure, so it'll go across. But our legislature goes out of session at the end of May. So here we are, and this is now in the second week of May, and we're running out of time to get this done. So they need to pressure their legislature. They should also call Governor Abbott's office and ask him, where is he on HB 20, and why is he not weighing in? 
that's folks in Texas. Now, folks are elsewhere in the country. What they should be doing is they should be calling their congressman, Democrat or Republican, and joining the course of people that are demanding that the federal government actually do something about this. Federal government has said they're going to send 1,500 National Guard troops to the border. This is outrageously, woefully inadequate. And those Federal Guard troops, by the way, they're not going to do any enforcement. The administration has said this. They're going to be filling out paperwork, basically, and processing illegal aliens and cartel members into the interior of our country. That's going to be their job, primarily. Mark, that's so frustrating. There's no way we're going to end on that note. But I'll just, before I move on, just remind our viewers from Texas, that's HB20. Go ahead and contact your state representative. We do expect that bill to be voted on this week. So there is urgency here. Mark, before we move on, some people listening might think, well, Mark has had a full plate with all that he's been doing in Texas, but Andrew and I know that you've been doing lots of other things too, right? You were just in North Carolina where we have a hot convention of states resolution. You were in Massachusetts for the National Day of Prayer. Tell us about a couple of um, those events, what you were doing there and what you saw in those states. So in North Carolina, uh, we had two purposes for being there. One, which is always my purpose, is hang out with grassroots folks and get inspired and maybe provide them with a little bit of inspiration. And then the second was to meet with some senators. We're trying to move this out of caucus and onto a floor vote. And we've been kind of stuck in caucus for a while. So we were trying to apply some pressure. I was there with Mike Ferris. Uh, first thing I did was I had dinner the night before, some incredible grassroots activists. I met some really inspiring people. Uh, a mom named Lindsay, her daughter, Anthem, uh, another mom, her daughter, Amy, and they are homeschool moms. Go homeschoolers, because I always say <laughs> homeschoolers are going to save the nation. I say that not being a homeschooler family, uh, but these two young ladies were incredible. Got to hang out with them, talk about their aspirations and their dreams. One was almost 13. The other is 11 years old, best friends. Uh, and they knew more about Convention of States than most adults I meet. They knew more about their government, our legal system. Really incredibly inspiring young women. Mom, Lindsay, is also a biblical citizenship coach. She hosted 70 people in her barn for biblical citizenship. Just, I mean, I just see that and it makes me smile. Like, there's hope. <laughs> there's a lot of hope out there. The next day we were in the legislature. Uh, we we're actually there in the cafeteria meeting with six senators. The two young ladies made a presentation. They were the most important part of the whole day. When you see an, uh, a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old give a presentation on Convention of States and why it's so important, legislators listen to that better than they listen to me or Mike Ferris. So I think it was really helpful for them just to see that grassroots support, for me and Mike to be there supporting the grassroots. So now we're just hopeful and we're counting on the grassroots team to push the legislature to action. I came home for one day, hang out for the night with my beautiful wife and the dogs, and then headed to Plymouth, Massachusetts for National Day of Prayer. This is the second year in a row we've done it. We're going to keep doing it. Last year, we did it at the National Monument to the Forefathers. You can see that over my shoulder right there. That's a replica of it. Love going to that place, but it was 40 degrees and windy. And so that's not a good day to be outside there. And so we did it from a church, a beautiful auditorium. I'm going to guess there were at least 500 people in that auditorium, maybe more. Heard a bunch of wonderful prayer, encouraging stories of restoration, stories about the history of our country. It was hosted uh, by Leo and Nancy Martin from the Jenny Center, dressed in full pilgrim garb, telling us about our history going all the way back to the pilgrims, why we are a nation 
based on faith and our Judeo-Christian values. And I came away from there just inspired, inspired by our team in the Northeast. And these guys are growing. They're on the move. Great things happening in legislatures. Yes, in the blue Northeast. So for those of you that are in red states in the rest of the country, I mean, I'm not sure what your excuse is because the Northeast is on the move. So it was just great. I come away from stuff like that and being in a room full of inspired, faithful patriots. It just makes my heart grow with hope. And so for me, it was a great week all the way around. Hmm. Well, God bless you, Mark, for being out in the field with our grassroots, spending so much time with them. We really appreciate how you are a force multiplier for our grassroots. And, and thank you for joining this show, talking to our audience. We appreciate all the time you give to us because we know you're so busy. You're welcome back anytime you'd like to, to come chat with us and to talk to our audience. Um, thank you and God bless you. God bless you guys. Thanks for welcoming me home here. All right, and I want to remind everyone, you can see Mark on the Battle Cry, which is on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check the Convention of States Facebook page, YouTube, Rumble, and Podcast. And with that, we go to Mike Ruthenberg, who has our Article 5 trivia giveaway. Mike, back to you. Thank you, Andrew. Well, I know that you guys had... A lot of people with their jaws dropped and many of them even forgot that we had trivia because it's such a great show. But I'm going to bring it back anyway because I think it's super interesting and super important to know because you'll be very pleased, I think, with the answer to our trivia question from earlier in the show. And if you weren't here earlier or you missed it, then the question is because our Article 5 application is a resolution and not a bill, whose approval is not needed and it was a multiple choice a the upper chamber of the legislature the lower chamber of the legislature or three or c excuse me the governor and c of course is the answer i shouldn't say of course because not everybody knows but for a resolution you only need that both chambers of the legislature with the exception of nebraska which is the only unicameral state in our union where there's only one chamber, in which case you just pass in Nebraska, just like we did, and you do not need that governor's signature. It's pretty nice. Although sometimes the governor can step in the way just by intimidating members of a particular legislative body, because if it doesn't pass both, it's not considered to be done. So there's your answer for today. If you wanna learn more about this and COS, all you have to do is go to conventionofstates.com. There's tons of great stuff there. Of course, you can go to our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and search Convention of States, there's a bunch there. We're on Rumble. And don't forget to check us out on social media too. We're really expanding and growing quite a bit on both Instagram and Twitter. That's all I've got. Now back to you, Rita, to close out the show. Thanks, Mike. We do this program every week to reach, teach, and activate Americans with the constitutional empowerment gifted to we the people. If you're ready to take your place among the Americans who are doing whatever it takes to restore the Republic, sign up for one of the volunteer roles with Convention of States. We need you. Go to conventionofstates.com and click on the Take Action tab to get started. And don't forget to subscribe to our social media accounts. Search Convention of States on Rumble, MeWe, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram. You can listen to this program as well as Crossroads with me and Mark. 
the Liberty Update and legacy content from our archives on the official Convention of States podcast. We've received several five stars reviews. We thank you for those because they help the show to grow. So go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And please do not forget to check out the Battle Cry with COS President Mark Meckler. It's on every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you next Tuesday for another edition of COS Live at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a country to save, so it's time to get back to work. Thank you for joining us. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.